tuning in to Taz Encounters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania. I'm your host, Tabitha Zachariah, and today we have David Maxwell joining us from Launceston. And David will be continuing with this series of programs titled Amazing Love. Welcome, David. Thanks, Tabitha. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you today? Yeah, good, thanks. Good. How is the weather down up there, up north? Um, starting to get a bit wet. Yeah, it's a big contrast to yesterday's. Yesterday mm. was beautiful. It was yes. just glorious weather. And, um, you know, despite today being a bit cooler and, um, I mean, the weather forecast to be raining, I think it's already raining. Mm. Um yeah, I'm still grateful because I'm not wearing my thermos. <laughs> so it's it's still not That's as good. bad as um, last week and the weeks before. That's very true. And anyway, whether it's raining or it's sunny, we still give thanks to God. And there's a time and season for everything, really. Mm, that's right. Yeah. And um, so, David, you've been sharing a bit about yourself and your experiences and your family. And... Um, You've been sharing um, last week and a um, few past weeks you've been sharing about answered prayers. Mm. Um, do you still, do you have any more experience to share of a prayer, what, your prayers being answered? Yes, I do. One that was answered just, just this week and it's really nice to share things from the past, but it's nice to share things that are happening right now. Mm. And I had a, we, we had a really great answer to prayer this week and some people were in a place here in Tasmania, not so far away from us, and they'd been praying for a visit. They'd been praying for a pastor to come and see them. And that very morning they had prayed very, very earnestly and they'd said, mm-hmm. look, we, look, God, if you're there, if you're listening, if, if, uh, if, if you want us to connect with you, then send us someone, send us someone. Mm-hmm. We really need a pastor or someone to come and talk to us mm-hmm. and just couple of hours after them praying that prayer, mm-hmm. I was impressed to call and I called them. Mm-hmm. They were over the moon. They were just over the moon that, wow. that, uh, that, that someone had called, that God had answered their prayer. And it was just fabulous oh, yeah. to see that. And then there was another uh, couple where they had a relative in another state and they were very concerned about that relative and, and the name came up just during conversation. Yeah. And as it came up during conversation, they realised that we knew them very well and had connections and would be able to find out how they were. Oh, wow. And it was it was it was such an obvious answer to prayer mm. that, that they were very touched. Yeah, that's, that's such a good feeling really. <coughs> and that makes it um you obviously feel like this that prayer has been answered when it happens exactly how you want it to happen and so yeah. quickly that's it, right it's, and, and it's such a beautiful feeling and one of these couples had been three years without any contact mm. with that person so yeah, yeah it, god god hears god answers our prayers mm. i can imagine their joy when you reached out to them uh, and i can i can also think of a sort of a similar experience um there was this time like a few months back i remember it was a sunday um, well, the day I said a prayer, it was on a Sunday. Mm. I was feeling very um, confused because, you know, I've finished my u- university, I've finished my studies, and here I am, like I want to get into my area of study. And then, um, I don't know, there were just some opportunities which were mm. not like really paid work. Um, so I 
I volunteer with Migrant Resource Center. Um, mm-hmm. I work. I volunteer with a communications officer. So mm-hmm. I do a bit of communication tasks, which is good. Gives me good experience. And I also have my job. Um, I work in disability. And mm-hmm. so I had then the radio um, position came up. And there were just a few things that um, I had in mind and that were happening. And at that time, I was feeling very confused. I was like, I don't know what to do. I just need some someone professional to give me advice. Mm. I was like, at this point, I don't need my mother. I need a professional. <laughs> and I just prayed to yes. God. I was, I was like, I don't want to make the wrong decision. I don't want to leave out any opportunity that would be of a great help to me. So I said a prayer, and guess what? The following day, I went to volunteer, and I met um, this life coach. Mm-hmm. And he just approached me and was asking me questions, you know, what I'm doing about my career and all that. And I, like, how do I keep on track with um, making sure that I stay in focus and um my skills like i don't have that obvious skill gap mm. so i said honestly I, there's not much i'm doing mm, in regards to that like yeah i just keep checking job um adverts and to see what they're asking for and just try my best but i'm not really doing much and he said would you be interested like for to get some help and I was like, yeah, of course. And he said, you don't have to pay me. Um, I'll just help you because I want to get back to, he had, you know, done something different. He wanted to get back to his um, life coaching and just wanted to sort of have some practice. And I was like, of course. And yeah, so yeah, I started, um, yeah, working on that. And it's been great. It's like, it's been helping me. And yeah, I felt really relieved to get that help. Yeah. So it's an answer to your prayer. It's an answer to his prayer. Yes, absolutely. Isn't that great? It's That's just amazing. amazing how God is, yes. Yes, it is. And um, just to remind our listeners of our um, show number, it's 488 Save that down um, as does encounters if you don't have it saved. And uh, you can also catch us through the Faith FM app or Faith FM website. Um, that's faithfm.com.au. Um, so, David, I can see time is going. Um, mm. Probably, if you can uh, recap where we've come from and what we're getting into today. Yes, definitely. So, what we've looked at last week was God's, we're continuing this series of God's amazing love displayed last week through the love of the Spirit, how God actually provides uh, a helper for us after Jesus left. Mm. And today we're actually going to look, uh, continuing on that topic and that theme, we're going to look at God's amazing love demonstrated by the way he fulfills his promises and finally deals with all the rebellion in our world, uh, sin and suffering. Mm. Um, But before we start, let's have a prayer and then let's read from a small passage in Matthew. Uh, Let me have a prayer for us, Tabitha. Lord, we want to thank you that we can come and open your word today. And as we open it, we ask quite simply that you speak to us from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, Tabitha, from the New Living Translation today, I was wondering if you can read this section, Matthew 12, 33 to 37. Sure. Um, A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. 
If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquaint you or condemn you. Yeah, thanks, Tabitha. Acquit, acquit that word once, that's okay. Acquit us. So, you know, the things we say are going to be what's used in this judgment that Jesus is talking about. You know, he uses sometimes quite harsh words, you know, he calls them snakes. I wouldn't like to be called a snake. (laughs) But but he's talking about the evidence of what's inside Mm. that is shown on the outside through our behaviour. Uh, when we were in our last uh, church posting, mm-hmm. we had uh, a number of trees in the house, uh, or not in the house, uh, around in the garden. Mm-hmm. And some of them were quite obvious what they were. Others weren't quite so clear. So we had to wait until spring to see what each of the trees were. were. Mm-hmm. And there were trees that were obvious. One was a peach, one was a nectarine, one was a pomegranate. You know, They're quite obvious-looking fruit. Mm-hmm. And yet there was one at the front that looked like it was an apple tree. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wonderful, you know, we're going to have some nice apples on this. And they grew and they grew. And then they didn't grow any bigger than uh, a clenched fist. Mm. They were quite small. And I thought, well, these are odd-looking apples. So one day when they were were nice and they were red, I took one and I cut it and I just just bit a little bit and it was so bitter, Mm. so bitter. And it turns out they were crab apples. And it's interesting that uh, you can ha- you can eat crab apples, but they you know they make jam and other things out of it. Mm. But it was interesting that you only really knew what the tree was when the fruit came out. You mm. know, you could see the leaves, you could identify you know sort of what kind of tree it was. You can take a picture and go on Google and figure it out, mm. but you can't really um, determine what the tree is, whether it's a uh, Um, what do they call them, an ornamental apple tree or an ornamental pear or whether it's a real apple or a real pear until that that fruit really comes to full full fruition. And and I thought that was interesting because today we're going to look at fruit, um, the evidence of rebellion and see why God has to deal with it. Oh, well, and yeah, I think it's the same with human beings. Like you can't just see a person and say they're good people unless you actually get to know them. Mm. Um, you can know the kind of person they are, and um, yeah, I believe it's. <clears throat> I believe it's time to go for a break, and um, mm. yeah, we will just continue after the break. And but for now, we're going to listen to this song, "A Christian" by Daryl Sawyer. Mm. Could I be called a Christian if everybody knew? secret thoughts and feelings and everything I do Could they see the likeness of Christ in me each day Could they hear His gentle voice in every word I say 
Should I be called a Christian If everyone would know The places that I go to Would Jesus tell them so Could they hear his echo In every song I sing In my life is Jesus being seen In everything I want to be a Christian To live for Christ each day But wanting isn't quite enough Trouble comes my way Two roads are before me But only one will do Jesus walked the narrow road I will walk it too Could I be called a Christian If judged by what I read By all my recreations and every thought and deed Could I be counted Christ-like as I now work and play Selfless and forgiving to others every day Christian to live for Christ each day, but wanting isn't quite enough when trouble comes my way. Two roads are before me, but only one will do. Jesus walks the narrow road. I will walk it too. Walk the narrow road. I will walk it too. That's a Christian by Daryl Sawyer. And um, this song poses a question to us like, are we happy with what we do when no one is watching or mm. when people aren't listening? Yeah, um, are we or do we just do the good things when we see people watching, but when people aren't watching, we just we just think to ourselves, oh, no one even no one will know. You know, mm. it, it's just you know we need to remember that Jesus is watching, God is watching mm. whatever we do, whatever. There's no way you can hide, um, and we'll be as we will be talking as um, today's topic is talking about end of rebellion we get to see mm. that god will judge us according to our actions mm. and um you're listening to Taz encounters and today we have david maxwell talking to us about the end of rebellion and um just before we continue i have a listener question for our listeners um isn't god loving and forgiving is it even fair that god will judge us for the things we've done do you think that God is fair because he will judge us for the things we've done? Please mm. text us what do you think to zero four um 
0818-880-891. We'd like to hear your responses. Um, so, David, we are looking at God's amazing love through the way he deals with rebellion. Um, and what do you like to share about the verses we read before the break? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to continue on with these verses because they talk about something that we don't like to talk about very much, and that's judgment. There, there is uh, a judgment that's coming, and, and that's why that listener question has been posed today for you to to, to text in and, and tell us what you think, because many people believe that, that God, Jesus came, he died, and he did, mm. and he came to forgive the world of their sins, and he did. Uh, but we have to ask him, and some people think that, well, if Jesus died for the whole world's sins, then I can do what I like and, and I'll be forgiven because he's good and he's loving. Mm. Why, why is he going to judge us then for what we do? Mm. And so that's a real question many people ask. If you have a comment or question about that, text it in as, uh, as Tabitha, as you just said. Mm. So as we, as we continue in this section, <clears throat> it's, we want to look at why it's necessary and how God is going to finally put an end to all the sin and suffering that we'd see. So firstly, I'd like to cover why we need a judgment. Um, To be just, there has to be action. There's got to be something that's done. I don't know if you've ever been on jury duty in your life. Uh, I, I... did it once uh, many many years ago mm. and it's a real it was a really good experience it was a hard experience but it was a good experience mm. and what had uh, happened in this court case now i can't obviously talk too much about the details but mm. uh, someone had been caught doing something wrong and we were we we had to uh, examine the evidence mm-hmm. in a certain light and decide whether just on that evidence, we could rationally um, convict this person or whether there wasn't enough evidence to mm. convict this person. And and so from what we were given, we had to make a decision. Mm. And so too, mankind's characters have been on display in this world mm-hmm. for, you know, somewhere on the, in the vicinity of 6,000 years. So, you know, for those those who rebel against God and his leadership, it doesn't seem to matter through this 6,000 years. What God does, only a certain number of people respond. Mm. And yet there, there are these ongoing accusations against God that, that question his character. Now, in Exodus chapter 34 and verse 5 to 7, it talks about God's character, and it says that the Lord God is merciful, gracious, long-suffering. This isn't somebody writing about God. Mm. This is God talking to Moses. So he is, he is loving, he's honest, he's true, mm-hmm. and and this is him telling Moses, hey, this is what I'm like, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression and sin. But he's also a God of justice. Mm. And as we look at the rest of this verse, it says he's by no means clearing the guilty. Mm. And that's important. So if God is standing accused of something, We'll look at that in a moment. By his own nature, there's got to be justice because he's a God of justice. Then if he's accused of something, then there has to be a fair trial. There's got to be be justice. So what is it that God is on trial for? In Genesis chapter 2, we see uh, an answer to why God is on trial. 
in Gen- Genesis chapter 2, he's accused of being selfish and dishonest. Now, that that's that's quite a big accusation, you know, mm. for a God who's a God of the universe or creator. But mm. here in Genesis chapter 2, he talks to Adam and he says, uh, after he's created him, you've got all of, you've got everything. I'll mm. give you everything here. There's just one tree I don't want you to touch. Mm. And this is it here. If you touch it, there'll be a result, an instant result. Mm. And so he tells him about that. Then in chapter three, mm-hmm. we have this story of this deceiver that comes along. Now, mm. let me just read that. <clears throat> I'm going to read from the New King James. Now, the serpent mm-hmm. was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Here's that accusation against God. You know, what's he keeping back? <laughs> and, and the woman said to the serpent, We can eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. So Satan doesn't get into the wording. He doesn't say, Wait a minute, I'm not sure if that's exactly what God said. Mm. He just turns around and blatantly um, uh, throws an accusation against what God has said. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not die. Mm. You will not surely die. Mm. For God knows in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. The interesting thing here is they were already made like God. Mm. But God had kept back this knowledge of evil. They knew good. God had shown them good. But he'd kept back this knowledge of evil. Mm. So while Satan was saying a truism, he wasn't true in about not dying. Mm -hmm. Now, they didn't fall down dead, but they certainly lost their spirituality. Mm -hmm. And in the Hebrew, it says dying you will die. So when they died, that was going to be it. That's what God said to them. Mm -hmm. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, desirable to make one wise, she took the fruit and ate. So here Satan is accusing God, saying God doesn't love you as much as you think he does. He's Mm. holding something back. Mm. And as we look at Adam and Eve, we see that there are two truths they're presented with. They're presented with one truth that says, obey me and you'll live. Stay connected. Don't do these things. The other one says, um, you're not going to die. You will live forever. You'll you'll go on living. Mm-hmm. And how how do they make this decision? This distinction between the truth, the two things they're hearing for the first time, never having experienced the lie. They 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 are put in a position where they must trust God implicitly, or take what this new theology is that they're hearing and accept that. And so there's this accusation by one. And it doesn't appear God is accusing anyone. He's just stating what's true. And so he's being accused of being self-admonishing and impossible to serve. We see that in Job chapter 1. So if I go over to Job chapter 1, we see again Satan comes and he makes an accusation against God. And he says, uh, God says to him, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him on the earth. Blameless and upright, he fears God and shuns evil. And Satan comes back to him and says, no, he, he's, that's not fair. He's only doing that because you look after him. If but, you took away your protection, yeah. he would he would curse you to your face. I find it a bit odd for God. to. It seems like God set up um, Job to get tested. No, he didn't. He didn't set him up to be tested. But Satan comes along and accuses God, mm. and God says, no, he's 
he's my he's my guy mm. you know he is following me faithfully and so satan is using this ac- uh, accusation against god that god's looking after himself mm-hmm. he's looking after this guy and so this guy is going to praise him if he takes away all the protection mm. he's not going to praise god and so he's accusing God of being unfair mm. and self-serving. You know, he wants mm. he wants the the worship himself. Oh, yeah. So so God God has to be vindicated here. Mm. And how is God vindicated? Well, when I look at His characteristics, what I see is a God of love, of care, of selflessness. As in those beautiful verses in John three sixteen, I see. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Some people say, well, well, God sent his son to be killed. You know, that's not loving. But no, Jesus came of his own volition. He came on his own. Um, His love was so great. Jesus is God. Mm. And he comes. They agree that he will come and he will save us from sin if we need it. Mm. On the other side, we see this accuser. Mm-hmm. described in Revelation 12 as mm-hmm. the accuser of the brethren. And he goes on day and night, day and night. So um, accusing the brethren, he's like a roaring lion wanting to devour us. And we see the difference mm-hmm. in characters between a God who loves, does everything possible but doesn't force, and a, a devil who accuses and attacks and and doesn't give people an option we see these two kingdoms playing out satan's kingdom of selfishness Mm. and god's kingdom of selflessness and we see it evidenced we see it evidenced by the the fruit you know how the people's characters how god or satan's characters have played out Mm. so it sounds like you're saying this uh, is the courtroom of this controversy well, it, it's, it's, that's the practicality of it, uh, Tabitha. Mm. The evidence is being recorded in heaven. Um, God tells us that everything is being written down, uh, thoughts and actions and all those things. Mm. But, but what we see from Job is that what is being seen, what is being recorded, is known by the, inverted commas, sons of God, those from other worlds that are, that are being made aware of this controversy that's being played out here. This is the place where Satan has his rule released so he can rule as he sees fit as he says Mm. this is the right way to rule and and this controversy is being played out so everyone in the universe is able to see whether god is right or satan is right a bit like that evidence in the courtroom Mm. that i had to consider okay um we'll continue from that um after the break um and I just want to remind our listeners to send their responses on board or the views of what they think about um, God um, judging us. Um, do you think it's fair that God should judge us um, according to what we've done? Because we understand that God is loving and forgiving, but then um, should he, I mean, do you think God should just forgive us when we do wrong things? Or do, how do you, what, what are your views um, on God being um, a just God and bringing us to um, justice. Mm. Um, yes, uh, please text us your responses to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. For now, we're going to listen to this song, "Choose Life" by Carly Fletcher. day. 
God gives you a choice to make Blessing or cursing Life or death It's in your hands The choice is yours to make So what will you choose today? Therefore choose life That you and your descendants may live Will you love the Lord your God And obey His voice For God is your life And the length of your days So what will you choose? Will you choose life? Life or death, blessing or cursing, the choice is in your hands, how will you choose to live? And so this day, I have a choice to make. Blessing or cursing, life or death, how will I live? The choice is mine to make, I choose Jesus Christ and His way. And so I choose life, that me and my descendants may Choose life that you and your descendants may live. Will you love the Lord your God and obey his voice? For God is your life and the length of your days. So, what will you choose? Will you choose life? That's Choose Life by Carly Fletcher. And um, I just feel like it's so beautiful that God gives us the freedom to choose. And and I feel like that's some type of unconditional and exceptional love that God doesn't force us to do what he wants, despite having that power and um, capability to do it, but just mm. gives us that freedom to choose. It just shows how much he loves us, and I think it's just such a beautiful thing. And you're listening to Taz Encounters, and today we have David Maxwell talking to us um, about the end of rebellion. And um 
as we're speaking today about God's love, um, David, um, mm. we've seen that God's we are talking about God's love demonstrated through the way He deals with rebellion. Um, David, you mentioned before the break that judgment is needed to vindicate both God and mankind. Um, God, because He's been accused of being unfair and Mankind, because of all the rebellion against God, um, mm. what do you have? What else do you have to say about this? Yeah, well, it comes down to this power of choice and the the fruit that's developed through either choice. And as I said before, there's been about six thousand years of rebellion, and you know, there's mixed success for God and Satan alike in the outcomes of these two kingdoms. God's kingdom grew at times, and then Satan's kingdom grows in opposition. I see that very, very clearly through the Dark Ages. You know, God's light or truth is almost completely extinguished throughout that time, that 1260 years. Mm. But then it revives in the Reformation. Mm. As we rem- as we move towards the end of our time here on earth, mm-hmm. this evidence or fruit of the rebellion is becoming more clear than ever before, I, I feel. Mm. <clears throat> and, and I see it um, demonstrated through something I like to call two fruits. Um, I, I'm sure you've had a can of two fruits before, mm-hmm. and it's usually pears and peaches. Mm-hmm. Now, everyone loves the pears, but they seem to put more peaches in there, you know. Uh, and you have a love for one, you have a hate for, detest the other one, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and these, these two fruits we also see spiritually. Mm-hmm. And I want to read. I want to read something about these two fruits. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation, mm-hmm. and it's in Galatians five nineteen to twenty four. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Firstly, talking about the rebellious fruit. Mm-hmm. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, mm-hmm. the results are very clear: sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, mm-hmm. idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarrelling, jealousy. Mm-hmm. Outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So that's that's Satan's fruit. That's the fruit of the kingdom of rebellion. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on and it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit or evidence, if you like, in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against these there is no law. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on and says those who belong to Jesus Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and left them there or crucified them there. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the difference between the two kingdoms. You know, one kingdom is based on selfishness and self-serving, mm-hmm. and it results in violence and suffering. This fruit or behavioural evidence is the evidence of those who belong to Satan's kingdom, and, and they practice only looking after themselves, um, Tabitha, you know. Mm-hmm. When we look after, number one, everyone else mm-hmm. suffers in some way, mm-hmm. either by ignorance or ignoring them or through mm-hmm. uh, the direct re- result of how we behave to look after ourselves. It's common of nowadays to hear people say, look after yourself. You know, yeah, you need that's to take right. Care look after yourself. number one. It's good. Yeah, I think we need to be careful not to get to being the aspect of being selfish and just, you know, um, that's right. Yeah. That's right. 
the the opposite to that is selflessness mm. and looking after others. Now, it doesn't mean ignoring yourself, as as you're kind of alluding to there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but when you look after others, they are important in your life. It results in love and acceptance, and this fruit or behavioural evidence is evident or shows up, um, and people can see it. It's displayed in those who belong. To God's kingdom and they've learned what it means to obey him and serve others mm. a knowledge of God ought to bring us peace um, where there's violence we, we don't actually have a proper knowledge of the presence of God mm. um, throughout the Bible we see that there's a, where, where there's an absence of God, violence comes, we see it before the flood we see God Ended the pre-world flood because of all those of all those who existed at that time, there were only eight people found who remained connected to God. And violence outside of that that family, our violence was rampant in the earth. As Paul speaks, you know, come down through history, and we see around 60 ADs, he's writing to the Roman Christian Church. He bemoans the godlessness of the nations and the peoples that lived before his time, and also those who were living in his time. And violence was an identifying characteristic. You can see that just in the beginning of Romans, Romans 130. Then writing prophetically about the last days, you know, our days and beyond, mm-hmm. he, he calls it in his letter to Timothy, mm-hmm. um, the last days, talking our, our days and beyond. Mm-hmm. Paul identifies the characteristic of people just before he comes as being brutal. Mm-hmm. Now, brutal means violent, violent, and it's, it's an evidence um, showing a lack of care for others, and it's an evidence of this self of self-importance, this kind of uh, attitude and behaviour that says, "I'm better than you. I'm more important. I'm looking after number one," as you said. Mm. But peace, <clears throat> peace is quite the opposite of this. In John fourteen twenty-seven, Jesus says, "I'm leaving you with a gift: peace of mind and heart. Mm. The peace I give is not as the world ca- can give." The world can't give this kind of peace. Don't be troubled or afraid. Mm. So some people will quote Jesus as uh, saying elsewhere, like in Matthew 10, I don't bring peace but a sword. And they say, but no, no, God didn't bring peace. Jesus didn't bring peace. He came, things he taught caused conflict, and so he's not a God of peace. Mm. However, when you look closer into what Jesus was saying, you see that Jesus promises personal peace. That's Mm. very, very important. Mm -hmm. He brings personal peace. And conflict naturally happens because you have two opposing ideals. Mm. And when someone is peace or has peace with God, has that inner peace, it makes other people who don't know God uncomfortable. Mm. And when they're uncomfortable... They don't want you to have that peace. They almost try and take that peace off you. And they think, mm. if I get rid of this person, I'll have peace. I won't feel that conviction anymore. Mm. So this rebellion against God result, results in violence, mm. suffering, and, you know, because God's a God of love and a God mm. of peace, he has to remove this from the universe. Mm. He's actually promised mm-hmm. that he'll remove it, and so he has to do that. Mm. Actually, speaking of peace, um speaking from personal experience when I'm at church when I'm with my um, fellow church members and just worshipping God and fellowshipping with one another I am that's the time I'm most peaceful and mm. I know like I know many many people would agree with me on that but you know other times when I'm out there like doing 
just the sort of normal things. It's just it's it, it feels different. And um, mm. usually when it's closer to Sabbath, you know, I can start feeling that peace. And uh, even like you know, shortly after, afterwards, yeah. So mm. I I I can agree with you on that, and I believe many people can agree. And you know, from your comments, um, David, um, are you saying that um? To be a just God, um, God has to deal with the rebellion going on with mankind. Yeah, that's right. He has to. He's promised to get rid of all this rebellion. Mm. And why don't, why don't you mention the book offer we have today before we go to a break? Because it really outlines here mm-hmm. in this wonderful book by Mark Finley, End Time Living. It, it talks about something very important for us in our day today. Why don't you read a little bit about what it's uh, telling us? Oh, sure. Um, and this book is Essential Truths for Troubled Times. And yeah, that's by Mark Finley. And um, so Mark says that the past is still with us and all of us live with consequences of the choices we've made back then in the past. And um, those choices, so Mark is asking what choices we are making today um, and how we'd like to live our life in the future. He shares essential Bible truths in this book, um, End Time Living, to help all of us make better decisions in these troubled times. God gave humans the ability to make moral choices, and today we need that ability more than ever because there's just so much um, influence in the world today. Mm. And so Pastor, Pastor Finley will, can help you to understand Bible prophecies, find faith and hope, explore the power of prayer, gain release from past hearts, um, learn to trust God even in a crisis, survive Armageddon, mm. know that God is greater than your problems, remember that God created you and redeemed you, and believe Jesus is coming again. So to get that book, I'll give you the code to text um, after the break. Now we're going to listen to this song, If We Are Honest, by Francesca Bastilli. Truth is harder than a lie The dark seems safer than the light And everyone has a heart that loves to hide I'm a mess and so are you We've built walls nobody can get through Yeah, it may be hard but the best thing
beautiful song if we are honest by Francesca um it reminds us that we shouldn't be afraid to present our brokenness and struggles to Christ and that Christ is merciful and his grace is sufficient to set us free mm. you're listening to Tuesday encounters with David Maxwell and David has been talking about the end of rebellion mm. uh but before we continue I promise to give you the quote to today's offer which is the book ends time living by Mark Finley um the quote is amazing 16 text amazing number 16 2048880891 amazing number 16 no spaces in between 2048880891 to get the book end time living and um, before the break you david you shared that to be a just god he has to deal with this this rebellion so does the bible tell us how god will do this Yes, it does, Tabitha. I'll, I'll go on and explain that. You know what you were saying just as you came in from the break mm. that you know honesty is something that God uses. Now, Satan uses dishonesty. Now, if you remember back from that list I read in Galatians, mm-hmm. there was an it almost seems like an endless list of things when we move away from God and into Satan's kingdom. It seems like he has this freedom to do whatever he wants. Mm. But God is limited by truth. So, if you've ever met someone who loves you know expanding a story, let's call it, mm. uh, there's no end to what you can say and the trouble is you get tripped up when you say conflicting things but in the truth you can only share what actually happened you can only share the truth mm. so satan seems to have this advantage but god says he's going to deal with this rebellion because we've had this evidence played out over the centuries that actually show us what's happening one of the things that people struggle with when they look at how god deals with this rebellion <clears throat> is words like forever and ever or phrase that says forever and ever uh, what you saw when we read earlier was uh, you know god talks about peace now if you just take one text and take it out of context you get a pretext <laughs> as the saying goes for okay. a wrong understanding of something and so likewise in this this phrase forever and ever sometimes when people read it they get confused when it talks about god removing dealing with this rebellion mm-hmm. and so when we look elsewhere in the bible um where it, you know there's there's places where it says god's eternal fire and and it goes on forever and ever well in jude chapter 1 i need to read a verse because i believe i don't have a lot of time left but i believe this verse really shows us what or put some clarity around this phrase forever and ever in jude chapter 1 and verse 7 it says as sodom and gomorrah and the cities around them in similar manner to these having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh are set forth as an example mm-hmm. suffering the vengeance of eternal fire so 
this this is very clear text because we can go mm-hmm. to the place where they believe the ancient cities of Sodom and Gomorrah were today mm-hmm. and they're not still burning today. Mm-hmm. We can see they were burnt and the result is eternal. They were eternally burnt, not eternally burning. So that's the example for us that we can go and have a look today. And the Bible says that's an example of eternal fire or God's fire. See, God is eternal. Mm-hmm. It's his fire. So it's eternal fire. It's not eternal in in um, length of time when it runs. Mm. It's eternal in its result. <clears throat> it doesn't say in Malachi 4.1 that we'll be eternally burning. It says they'll be burnt up. You know, God, God is a big enough God to be able to deal with rebellion. And in 1 John 5.12, it makes it really, really clear. It makes it really clear that if we have the Son, mm-hmm. we have life. Mm-hmm. If we don't have the Son of God, then we don't have life. You know, to me, it's just it's very, very simple. God is the owner of eternal life. If we separate ourselves from that eternal life and we rebel against him and we say, I don't want anything to do with you, he won't force us. Mm. He tries everything possible because he loves us and he wants us to be with him. Ezekiel says, why? Why would you turn away? Why would you choose death instead of life? Mm. And God says, you know, choose life, choose life. Just simply turn away from that rebellion, come back and do the good things I planned for you. Mm. And, and, and you can have this life that I have forever. Mm. But he won't force us. Mm. And then we separate ourselves from this amazing love of God, this amazing peace that he brings, this, this comfort, this lack of violence, this selfless attitude and selfless character of those who live in heaven that reflect God's character. Mm. And we see that's a beautiful example of what God wants for us. Mm. But we turn away from that and we say, I don't want the life that you're offering, Mm -hmm. then we can't have eternal life. And if we don't have eternal life, we have death. Mm. You know, the Bible calls this fire from God the the second death, not the second life in another form that goes on burning forever and ever. Mm. And and, and to me, it's very, very clear that God needs to deal with sin because Mm. sin hurts other people. Mm. He needs to deal with rebellion because rebellion hurts other people. Mm. But he does it in the most humane way he can. Mm. He does it in the quickest way that he can, mm. and then he puts all of that aside. And the whole of the universe has an, has had enough time to see the evidence of Satan's kingdom. Well, this is what his kingdom's like. We just take a look around us today. We see the sin, the suffering, the death, all those things that, that his kingdom consists of, and we say, there's the evidence of a, of a life lived without God. Mm. What do you want? Well, I want a life lived with God. Mm rather than without him because he is life and without him there's no life not life of eternal suffering so this demonstrates to me tabitha god's amazing love it gives us every opportunity to be saved and then he does everything possible for us to be saved Mm -hmm. and then he waits as long as possible so everyone who wants to be saved can be saved Mm. however Mm. however he won't allow this to go on forever because right from creation he promised i'm going to get rid of the rebellion Mm. but the universe needs to see that God is being just and yeah. fair mm. and justice is served. So it's not because he wants to, mm. but it's because he's promised to make things right and he's true to his promises. Indeed.
and amen to that. Um, yeah, it's really it's a challenge to us, and um, yeah, to just um, look into our lives, look keenly and um, honestly, just mm. understand what we are struggling with and what we are doing right or what we are not doing right. And um, God understands we are of our human nature. He understands mm. we are not perfect, and that's why He sent the. Holy Spirit to be a helper to us. Yeah, to help and to change us. Yeah, it's just yeah. important to get that help because trust me <laughs> or from my own experience, I know I can't do it alone. I can't live a just life on my own. I need that help and I have learned to constantly pray whenever I find myself in a situation that I find difficult to deal with. I just mm. say a prayer wherever I am, be it in the car, be it out. I just, mm. I don't even have to close my eyes. I just say, God, help me because, mm. yeah, I and just need does. your help. I can't do this by my yeah. own. Yeah. Thank you so much for that beautiful and wonderful sharing. I really hope our listeners have been blessed with your message. And, um, mm. yeah, it just, um, it's just really, it's good to always have that um, reminder and have that keep our connection with God alive. Yeah, and keep renewing it through prayer and reading His Word. Mm. I want to remind us of today's the the quote to the offer today, which is the book "Ends Time Living" by Mark Finley. Um, the code is zero, um amazing sixteen. Sorry, um, text amazing sixteen to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one to get the book "End Time Living." And um, what do you have for us next week, um, David? Yes, next week, Tabitha, I'm going to wrap up this particular series about God's amazing love demonstrated. And we're going to look at a topic entitled Eden Restored, what God does after he removes all that rebellion. Mm-hmm. And if you're in Launceston near Talbot Street, or or if you're Talbot Road, sorry, or uh, Scottsdale near Arina Road, uh, Arina Street, I always get the two mixed up, um, come along and listen to What Happens When You Die and... Um, where on earth is hell? Two very important topics that delves a bit deeper into this re- removal of the rebellion. Mm, that very, sounds very interesting. You don't want to miss it. Join us next week on Wednesday um, to learn more about that. And next week on Monday, we have David Leo with uh, continue with the series Encounters with Jesus. And um, David will be talking about Help My Unbelief, and that will be coming from Mark 9, verse 14 to 29. Thank you for joining us today. And wherever you are, we pray that you're blessed and you have an amazing rest of the day. And, um, yeah.